0: They said the truth hurts, the truth hurts So you're about to feel pain, and I gotta do her God said I gotta do her, cause it's off with the name Savage Truth, Savage Truth It's the Savage Truth, the Savage Truth, the Savage truth, the Savage truth. The... Hallelujah 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 All I want, Jesus, all I want, Jesus, in everything that I do, Lord, in everything that we say, Lord, in the steps that we take, Father, in the progress that we make, God, in the recoveries that we encounter, God, in everything that we do, Lord. We just want you to be glorified, God. We want your name to be lifted high. We want your son to be edified. We want your will to be dominant in our lives. Jesus, we thank you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for another morning, God. We thank you for another day, God. We thank you for another sunrise, Father. We thank you for another opportunity to worship, God. We thank you for another day to breathe, Father. We thank you for another opportunity to see, God. We thank you. God, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Good morning, World Victory
0: family. Good morning, Virtual Victory family. I'm Pastor Roy, and I will be bringing the message today on behalf of our leadership staff here, on behalf of Bishop Adrian and Pastor Shondi Starks. I'm just glad to be here this morning. I'm glad to be here any morning of any day Because things could have gone different. And that's one thing that I want to talk about today, and I know this is our express service, so I'm going to jump right into it, but I've got to start with a few questions that I have to ask. I have to ask why, regardless of the amount of information that we have available in the world today, why have we grown to be so ambiguous? when we wanna talk to God? Why do we feel that we should lay our problems down at the foot of the cross in unmarked trash bags or in unlabeled containers because we don't wanna confront the information? Why do we wanna be delivered from demons that we won't identify by name? Why do we wanna overcome obstacles that we won't uncover? Why do we use the fact that God is omnipotent as an excuse to not fully articulate our heart in the struggles of our flesh to God himself? Right, We always say that God knows the desires of our heart, but we often only use that for positive affirmation. And there's a common scripture that we use to justify this behavior that I just described. And I want what I wanna to do today is provide some clarity and hopefully create an opportunity for us to walk in the peace of God, that we can be fully aware and fully informed, but not afraid because we trust in a sovereign God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for another day. God, I thank you for another opportunity to stand in this place, God, to deliver a word to your people. God, I pray that you prepare the hearts of every listener. God, those that are listening on today, God, I pray that you settle the ground for those that are that are remote, Father, that you allow people to focus, God, that you shut down every distraction, God, we pray against any technical difficulty, God, we just ask that minds are tuned, God, that ears are open, God, that spirits are ready, God, to receive your word. God, we all, we all say that we live in an age of information, God. You've, pu- you've provided and allowed so many things to be visible to us, God, but we continue to be ambiguous. So, God, I pray that we come to you with clarity, God. We come to you with intention, God. We come to you with detail, God, when we want to pray and offer supplication, God, that our petitions are not incomplete, God, that they are complete, God, that they are informative, God, and that they are detailed because we're being honest about ourselves. We're being honest about our situations, God, and we're being honest about what we need. So, God, I thank you for another day, God. I pray that you bless your people, God, that I sit down, that you stand up, Father, that I can only boast in my weakness. I thank you, Jesus. It's in your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to, the scripture that I'm going to start off with today is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 from the New King James Version. And that scripture says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, that, that scripture and, then you, and also in Luke 12 are probably the most quoted scriptures when it comes to anxiety and Christian faith. See, this scripture is telling us to pray about everything, to trust in the Lord, to call him on the main line, and to cast our burdens upon him, and God will give us peace in our heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And every word of that is true, but what does it look like in application? See, too often we grab a bumper sticker quote that allows us to put the labor of deliverance solely on the Lord, but God is not your motivational speaker. God is the author and finisher of our faith, so with every motivation or word of wisdom, he normally has some application and an expectation of results or change. See, if we go back to Philippians chapter two, verse five, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But even if we just look at the context of the message that God was delivering through the apostle Paul to the church at Philippi, we will see that he didn't just call us to not be anxious, but that he was trying to teach us how to be informed, but not afraid. See, God did not call us to live with our heads In the sand unaware of the reality around us ignorant of our health our society the economy our finances our relationships and definitely not our sins see in the black community we could stand back for the last year and a half with a level of distrust and suspicion of those who claim that racism had magically appeared when Derek Chauvin murdered George Floyd in the streets of Minneapolis. See, we have seen the stories, we read the statistics, we've watched the cell phone footage and the body cameras for years outside of personal experiences, but there were those among us, even those who claim to be a part of the same family, who remained unaware of what we clearly saw as reality. See, nobody wants a colonoscopy, right? Because as healthy or unhealthy as we may look on the outside and what we can cover up and adorn with garments, tests reveal what's on the inside. See, I don't think that people understand that I'm saying that tests reveal what's on the inside, and that's biological and spiritual. See, in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, "'My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials.'" Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, testing allows us to be complete, lacking in nothing. See, it's easy to develop a blind spot when we put our own blinders on. See, some of our blinders are cultural, some are spiritual, some can be intellectual, and others are custom-made based on our own desires. See, we build blinders based on the race we have signed ourselves up for and at times remain intentionally uninformed about other things. See, we can focus on our careers and neglect our calling. We can focus on our spiritual growth and ignore our health. We can focus on our happiness and get distracted from our God-given purpose. We can focus on our marriages and become disconnected from our community. We can focus on our culture and forget about God's kingdom. See, maybe it's just me, but sometimes we avoid information so we can keep claiming to not be anxious. See, we love to intercede and to jump in on the prayer train when someone else has shared a petition to the Lord, but we will avoid diving deeper into our own issues so we can pray with the same level of specificity. See, if we go to James chapter 5, verse 13 through 18, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? much And in verse 17, it goes on to say, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced it's fruit. See, that sounds specific to me. It doesn't sound ambiguous. It said, confess your sins to one another. Somebody said that they were sick. Someone admitted that they were suffering, right? And that's why it comes to one of my personal pet peeves, brother Walter, is when people put on social media, please pray for me. No specifics. I don't I don't know how to respond to that, Pastor Lisa. Bishop Starks, I don't other than to say the Lord's will be done. That's the only thing I can give you. Because there's no specifics, but if we're not willing to confess, if we're not willing to admit that we're suffering, if we're not willing to say that we need healing, how am I supposed to help you or do you just want attention? But I digress. God does not call us to be uninformed. God does not call us to be misinformed. See, there's an entire collection of writings called the book of Proverbs that is largely about wisdom and seeking knowledge. So I have to beat myself up and trouble the ground enough to plant these seeds so that God would spread it on this subject. So let me give you three things that God put on my heart that will help us break the cycle of avoiding information to stave off anxiety. Right. Pastor Lisa, you had preached and you had talked about how the doctor had revealed to you that your blood pressure was high. That was new information. I went to the doctor a couple weeks ago and I was sitting in the chair and they were like, Pastor Roy, are you feeling OK? Because your blood pressure is kind of high. I think the, the South done got my blood pressure back up, too much sweet tea and fried food down here. But it's funny because I felt fine, but then I started thinking about like, well, I have been having headaches, so those must not have been migraines. And, you know, my my joints have been swelling a little bit. But the funny thing about having information. So then my my, my doctor told me, he was like, okay, well, we're going to give you some medication. And I know several people are like, hey, don't take lisinopril and make black people cough. Right. And so, you know, so I'm like, all right. And I'm talking to my doctor, who is a white man. And my doctor says he was like, I'm going to have you try lisinopril. And I'm like, lisinopril make black people cough. But the man looked at me and he said, but you're also black. And lisinopril is one of the only blood pressure medicines you can take that don't put a strain on your heart. And you're black. So I don't want to put a strain on your heart. So he was like, I would rather you have a cough or not have a cough. Then they give you another medicine and actually pulls on your heart instead of working through your kidneys. Now that man was informed, who then informed me. So what did I pray about, Minister Walter? To not have a side effect that was a cough. Yeah. Right, like, so you, we got to be informed and be specific. But if that man would have just responded, if he didn't understand the difference of the anatomy and the risk that I face as a black man, and the fact that I have heart disease in my family, and, and COPD in my family, he had that information. So he helped make that decision right, that, that help move us forward, but we can't avoid the information. So the first thing that we must learn to do in my first point is that we must learn to rejoice always. See, we, we go straight to chapter 6, and that's what I said, we do these bumper sticker things, Minister Walter, because we go to chapter 6, uh, you know, we go to verse 6 and we say, you know, be not anxious. But, but in that same chapter in Philippians 4, starting at verse 4, before he told us to not be anxious— Um, the Lord spoke through Paul, and it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. And I don't, most people don't say this when Pastor Lisa, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. So, See, what we see here is that even before we are told to not be anxious, we are told to rejoice so that our gentleness will be known to all men. See, that reference to all men does not mean that we exist in exclusion. It does not mean we put our heads in the sand, but that we will be known by all people. So regardless of the circumstance, the information, the statistics, the diagnosis, the news report, we are commanded to rejoice, not because we are unaware and uninformed, but because we know that the Lord is at hand. I need somebody to type that in the comment section right now, that the Lord is at hand. See, the, the, the term at hand is normally communicated with regards to a proximity in time. See, we often hear people say that a decision was made based on the information at hand, right? That means that the information that could be gathered, information that was available at the time that you had to make a decision. So we have to understand that regardless of the circumstance, God and his promises are always in proximity, right? They're in proximity today. He was in proximity yesterday, and he will be in proximity tomorrow. So regardless of the information, We should know that the Lord is at hand. And sometimes we look at information as if it's good news or bad news, but some information is just information, right? When we check the weather and we see the temperature outside, the temperature is information. But what do we do? We dress according to the weather. According to our level of comfort. So if I receive information and I always know that the Lord is at hand, that's why the Bible is telling me I should be able to rejoice. Because whether it's good information or bad information or disinformation or misinformation, it should not matter because I know the Lord is at hand. I have so many people that I mentor that are disrupted. This by every conspiracy theory and that the COVID is, is going to disconnect you from God. But I understand, regardless of the information available, that the Lord is at hand. So I will rejoice. The second thing we must do is pray. So when we go back to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, right, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be be made known to God, right? Anxious is defined as being cumbered with. Like people don't normally use the word cumbered, but it's like we normally say unencumbered, which means like you're unburdened, unbound by something. So having information is not a bad thing, right? Even we all are going to experience like little bouts of anxiety where we get new information and that's a little bit of a shock and our system has to respond to it. But it's when you become cumbered with the cares of the things that you're thinking about. When you become fixated, when you become bound by the things that you're engaging, that's when you're becoming anxious. So when we talk about prayer, right, we have the acrostic that everyone, a lot of people use that acts acrostic, right, which is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, right? We, I think we, we, we understand the adoration, right? We, we, we know what the confession is. We don't do it often enough, but we know what it is. Um, We understand Thanksgiving because we got the holiday and we we like to be thankful and we like people to be thankful to us. But with supplication, I just want to go a little bit deeper on supplication because supplication, when you look it up, it's kind of like it's it's an entreaty or a petition. Right. So supplication is that petition. And I see that as the details Right? So the information, we can offer adoration and just praise the Lord. We can confess our sins. We can just say thank you. But then even in the course of the way that God commanded us to pray through his own word, he said, then I need you to give me some details. Supplication. Petitions are not blank. Petitions are not vague. Petitions are not ambiguous. They are making a specific claim. There's a specific request. There's something very specific in our petition, our supplication is what God is looking for. He's looking for the details, right? So we should be pleading before the Lord like a lawyer, laying out the evidence to allow God to fully rule in our lives. Supplication, supplication, like, you know, the details. Treaties are complicated documents. Petitions, even though a lot of us may sign them without reading them, because they're on change.org and we want to be behind, but there's a lot of detail In that petition. So when we're bringing an issue before the Lord, when we're trying to ask, we're trying to provide that supplication, God is like, I want you to petition me. Right? And that petition requires some research. It requires some digging. It requires some excavation. It requires some some breaking of ground to, to make sure everything is clear. It requires transparency. It requires honesty. And it requires for us to gather information so that we can share it. I was flying back from Colorado this week, and I was, I was out in my office, and something weird happened on the way back from Denver. The pilot came through the plane with the tablet and started explaining, like, each class of the—he went to first class first, and he had a tablet. We couldn't hear what he was saying. He had his mask on. He was low, and I'm like, what is going on? I've flown hundreds of times in the last decade, never seen this happen. I'm like, what is this pilot doing? And then he came to the, the next class and he's right next to me and a few people and he's got his tablet and he's saying like, we're gonna take off here. And he had a graphic on his tablet. And he was like, here's the jet stream and we're gonna be a little bit above the jet stream and then we're gonna go down into the jet stream and right as we, cr- we come across Kansas, there's some weather right here. So that'll be bumpy when we go down. So expect some turbulence in about two and a half hours and then we'll coast around. And I'm sitting there like, is this something new? What? I've never heard a pilot explain with that level of detail and information, but he knew we were going to hit a pocket of turbulence that was going to disturb the plane and he didn't want people to be afraid. So he informed them, expect that there's going to be turbulence. And one thing that I don't understand when we when we pray as Christians and what I tell my mentees all the time, they're like, man, I'm coming, you know, I just came out of a good season and something bad is going to happen or I started professing my faith and living it out loud and I'm trying to correct things in my life and it's getting hard and I'm like, how did you not expect that based on the information? That's available, right? The, This isn't supposed to get easier, this is supposed to get harder. If you just had a victory, understand that there's a new battle. If you just passed the test, understand that you need to turn that into a testimony. Like There's always progress. And I don't know, maybe I'm the weird one. When I, when I hear bad news, I start to feel a little celebratory, Pastor Lisa, because after bad news, God always gives me some good ones. So, like, that's just been my cycle. Something bad happens, something good happens. Something bad happens, something good happens. So I'm just waiting for one or the other. And they continue to occur, right? They keep happening in those cycles because, like, like it says in James, right, our, our, our faith is being tested. So now to go to the third thing which I think is often the hardest for us to do, because we can rejoice and we can exclaim and we can get on our knees and we can pray, but the third thing is we must do, do, action. Just two letters, D-O, do. Because again, if we go past that sixth and seventh verse where we're talking about anxiety, when we go to Philippians chapter four and we go to verses eight and nine, right after that, (laughs) Paul communicates to the church in Philippi this. He said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. The things that you learned, that you received, that you heard and saw in me, these do. We are being told by the Apostle Paul to meditate on the things that are just, pure, lovely, noble, true, and of good report. That anything worthy of praise we should meditate on do the things we saw Jesus do. Right. To seek justice, to offer grace, to give mercy, to care for the sick, to be selfless, to love one another, to forgive, to serve the least of those that are amongst us and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus was not afraid of confrontation. Jesus was not afraid of bad news. Jesus was not afraid of being the outlier. Even when Jesus was pleading for his own life and asking that this cup shall pass from him, he had resolved in letting God's will be done, but he knew that something greater than the pain that he faced was at hand. See, the plan of God is at hand. When we talked about rejoice, always because the Lord is at hand. See, sometimes avoiding the uncomfortable by remaining uninformed, we're simply being disobedient, Pastor Lisa. Because if we got the word, that's why people like got a word for you. People like, nah, brother, let me catch you after service sometimes. I got it. Let me go. Because if somebody got a word for you, that might create some, some some needing to do. It might give you some information you need to follow up on. So we want to avoid it, right? We like virtual service because we don't, ain't nobody walking up to me. Pastor Shondi ain't coming giving give me a word. Pastor Lisa, Bishop ain't pulling me to the side. Like, every, I could just stay away because sometimes we don't want more information, because that information creates conviction, right? Something in us, right? We hear the word and then we're being prompted to be what? Doers of the word. So sometimes we try to limit those words. See, being ignorant of our finances may be impacting our ability to be effective stewards. I remember at one point, Pastor Lisa, I didn't like to look at my bank account statement. I did not. When I was in the military, we was broke. And the baby crying, and she need new diapers, and you're looking at that, that package that was, that was light. And I remember the most, the most impactful moment I had as a father. Me and my wife had decided we were going to have our daughter. We saved up money, put it in the bank. We knew we weren't going to have help from anybody, so we actually went and did like a baby registry and counted it up. And I told my wife, once I have that amount of money in the bank then we'll start trying because I can't depend on anybody to help us. We're in South Carolina, right, I'm I'm stationed away, and so I'm like, we're going to build all of that stuff up. And so we're working, and and Alina's born, and my wife had, um, had, had went home, and we were planning for her to be home for six months. And I remember looking at my bank account, and we had been going to Sam's Club to get diapers. So you got that, like, 300 pack of diapers for $44. Right, And so I'm looking there, and my my daughter's running low, so we got like two diapers left, and I'm like, all right, I need to go get some diapers. And then I had to check my information. I had to see what my checking account was looking like. And I had $12 in my checking account. And that crushed my soul that I I gave birth to this beautiful child that I promised my wife I would take care of her and that she didn't have to, to work. And then when I look, I don't have enough money because I hadn't been paying attention to the information, right? We had, we had eaten out a couple days before, and I'm looking at the previous transactions like I made bad decisions, and I'm like, never again will I have that feeling. Now, I look at my bank account every day, if not multiple times a day, because I want to know the information. I want to know who's taking stuff out. I want to know who's putting stuff in. But I really used to not look because I knew I didn't have much. So you would try to take something out, and then I, I wanted to be ignorant of my own finances to not deal with the reality of what it was, but nothing made me feel smaller than in that moment, and then I made a commitment that I will never allow this information to leave me unprepared again. Right? See, avoiding tough conversations about our physical health could be limiting our ability to serve the body of Christ and even our families. Not addressing our mental health can disrupt our spiritual growth, our relationships, and being able to discern God's voice. We need to be informed, but not afraid. See, I can look at my credit score and not be anxious. I should be able to look at my bank account and not be anxious. I can look at my blood pressure and not be anxious. I can look at the lab results and not be anxious. I can look at my weight on the scale and not be anxious. I can look at broken relationships and not be anxious. I can look at my own broken heart and not be anxious. I can fill out a job application and not be anxious. I can fill out a loan application and not be anxious. I can fill out a school admission application. And not be anxious. Because I know the Lord is at hand. So no matter the information, I will rejoice. I will pray. I will do what the Word of God has instructed me to do. And this isn't easy. It's not an easy thing to do, but no one said that this faith walk was a cakewalk. I don't think anyone promised you, and if they did, I apologize, That living this life for Christ was going to be easy because he said we had to pick up a cross daily. He said that people were going to hate us because of him. He said that we were going to endure persecution for his righteousness. We need to understand that you might not get the job, but that interviewer needed to experience God's presence through you. See, it might be bad news at the doctor's office, but that nurse or that receptionist needed your prayers and your presence. See, that therapist or that counselor needs to see faith overcome depression and trauma and stress to renew their trust in Jesus Christ. In every situation that I've encountered, God keeps doing these amazing things where the people that he allows me to interact with when I'm in a situation or when I'm posed with information that I think is bad winds up having an ability to edify him and his kingdom. Because I can sit there and I can list off these diagnoses. You can tell me what the lab results are, but I will still have a smile on my face. I will still have a disposition that makes people look at me and ask, like, what is wrong with you? And then I get to tell them, like, I love Jesus. They want to know how many medications I'm on. And before blood pressure medicine, I was on none. And they'd be like, well, how do you manage? And I remember telling my, um, I had a rheumatologist. And he said, like your blood work's looking good. Every you know, keep up what are you, whatever you're doing, your regimen. He was like, What have you been doing? I said, I've been praying more. And he looked at me, he said, please keep it up. Because <laughs> he was like, I don't, he was like, I'm, he's looking, he's looking at the information. You can't deny that my blood results are better. You can't deny that my body is in a more stable condition. But I am not taking your prescriptions, I'm not taking your medications, I'm just praying. I just offered a petition. <laughs> An entreaty, some supplication to the Lord, with some details. See, we have to understand that there are some things that God is just waiting on you to open your mouth and speak. We have power in our tongue and too often we only see that power wielded in negative ways we see the people that we can bruise we see the people that we can harm but even and we also can see the way that we speak into other people's lives and i've been guilty of it as well that i feel like i can talk into other people's lives i feel like i can i can make things move in other people's lives i can provide healing in other people's lives but then i can't do it for myself and that doesn't make any sense because the words are the words right like 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 God is still God so if he grants promises if he if he if he approves or denies a petition the only problem we have is are we not offering proper evidence in details We can't continue to be ambiguous it's uncomfortable To understand some of the details. It's uncomfortable to encounter some of this information. For somebody to tell you that you may be suffering from depression is uncomfortable. For somebody to tell you that you're not in the the best physical condition is uncomfortable. For somebody to tell you that you're not making the best financial decisions is uncomfortable. But that information should drive conviction and then allow the Spirit of God in you to systemically work through the things that you're encountering so that God can get the glory. And I'm not even assuming that everybody knows what I'm talking about. Every time that I preach, every time that I speak, I, I, I try to speak in a manner where everyone can relate to it. But when I talk about that conviction, when I talk about something inside of you, that's the spirit of Jesus Christ. That's the benefit of being born again. That's the benefit of having faith. And I don't know if everyone has faith or not as I, as I work towards a close, but If you are a believer, if you are a Christian, I am imploring you, I am asking you to stop being afraid of information. Stop being afraid of information. It's available. It's around us. It's everywhere. Go get the test results done. Go talk to your financial advisor. Go, you know, talk to somebody to seek spiritual counseling. Open up to your husband. Open up to your friends. Open up to your parents. There's so many things around us that we just tend to put blinders on so we can avoid having those conversations, so we can avoid those confrontations. There's things in our jobs, there's things in our homes, there's things in our community, there's things in our immediate family, there's things in our extended family that we just tend to shy away from. And we need to be open and honest and transparent if we want God to offer change. So if you are looking for change, if you are needing change, whether you're already a believer and you're just seeking something new, you need a new revelation, you need new direction, I pray that you will reach out to someone within our ministry staff i pray that as you're even on right now on this live stream as you're on youtube or if you're you're on facebook you can drop a comment in the section um in the in the you can drop a a statement in the comment section right now they'll have a link that you can engage with right we want to ask if you go to our website you can go to wvicc.org or you can text wvicc connect to 94000 Right? If you need prayer, if you just need a place of fellowship where you can come and you can confess your sins one to another so that healing can occur, and more than anything, if you need salvation. If you're listening and you're saying, you know what, I've been confronting the information, but I can't overcome this anxiety. I have this fear in my heart that the next thing that I hear is going to break me down. That the next thing I encounter is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I want to tell you that there is encouragement, there is empowerment, and there is a strengthening that you will experience in Jesus Christ that will give you peace beyond understanding. Because we know that the Lord is at hand. We can rejoice when we get bad news. We can pray when we don't have all the answers, and we can do what Jesus called us to do. I pray that if, if that's you, if you feel something, that you follow the guiding of your spirit. You follow the guiding of your conviction. If God pricks your heart, we must do. If God is is just, is just just stirring your spirit right now, we must do. We must move and not remain stagnant. So like I said, that's WVICC.org. Click on the connect area there. You can get offered prayer, salvation, and membership to this wonderful fellowship here at World Victory. And that's if you're virtual or if you are local. They keep asking who I am. I just tell them I'm a Christian. Occupation, a description. I just tell them I'm a Christian. Nationality, ethnicity, I tell them I'm a Christian. Keep the hyphens and divisions.